I can lose weight, so why can't I keep it off? Sadly, this is the question so many people ask themselves. It's the main reason I left the conventional diet industry despite building up such a good career for so long. And in this week's podcast, you'll discover the truth behind why so many people are really, really good at losing weight and also really good at finding it again. And boy, can I relate to this one because this was me. So stay tuned for the secrets to real and lasting change, not just a quick but temporary fix. Hi, I'm Sarah Butler. Over 17 years working in the diet industry and over 40 years of my own binge eating and weight struggles taught me that there had to be another way. So I created it. I now live slimmer, happier and eating exactly what I want and in this podcast I share the other way with you. The other way to work with your body and your mind rather than against them so that you get to create real and lasting change all from the inside out. Ready for a life less dieted? Let's go. Hey hey, it's Sarah here. And welcome, or welcome back, to the Slim, Happy and Eating podcast. A goal is a place to come from rather than to work towards. And that is one of my favourite all-time quotes or sayings. A goal is a place to come from rather than to work towards. And I drive my kids mad with my quotes and sayings. They call me cliche woman. But anyway, I love it. And it's a gorgeous starting point for this week's podcast because it sums up everything that's wrong with diet culture and why it's not our fault if we can lose weight but not keep it off. The thing is, we've been set up to fail, so you can stop all that name-calling to yourself. A goal is a place to come from rather than to work towards. But what am I talking about? Well, Think of anything else that we learn from scratch or we want to change up about ourselves and think about how we go about doing that. So if we take, for an example, walking, okay? So walking, one of the first things we ever learn to do in our lives. So when we start to learn to walk, do we turn ourselves upside down and walk one-handed on our hand, but upside down? Of course we don't. Let's take something else. If you wanted to become a tennis player, for example, what would you do if you wanted to become a tennis player? Would you go out and buy a tennis racket or would you go out and buy a cricket bat? Would you go out and buy a cricket bat and a cricket ball and start learning how to hit the cricket ball with the cricket bat if you wanted to become a tennis player? Of course you wouldn't. You'd buy a tennis racket and a tennis ball and you'd learn how to hit the tennis ball with the tennis racket. The thing is, we practice doing the things that enable us to achieve what we want to achieve, that enable us to become who we want to become. And the things we do become who we are. This is why this is so important. The things we do and the things we practice and the things that we become really good at become who we are. But what do we do when we go on a diet to lose weight? Well, 
we do lots of things and obviously there are different diets out there but let's look at kind of the typical things so what do we do when we want to lose weight and go on a diet how many of those things are things that we'll continue to do when we're at our goal weight so let's look at them so the most obvious one i guess is that we cut down on our calories often to a ridiculously bonkers unsustainable level so typically about a thousand calories maybe 800 i've even heard 600 calories a day bonkers is that sustainable long term are we going to do that are we going to be able to do that are we going to want to do that long term of course not Something else we might be encouraged to do is to cut out entire food groups. So maybe carbohydrates, sugars, fats, for example. Again, is that realistic or is that something that we're going to want to do long term? Probably not. Often we cut out all the foods we love because it's not on the diet plan. And something else we do often is alter our whole social life to fit in with the diet, not the other way around. So often we'll avoid certain people or certain social situations or certain invites because I'm on a diet and it'll mess it up. And the biggie, the absolute biggie. When we're on a diet, we manage our emotions often through gritted teeth and sheer willpower because we're scared of what result the sad step will give us on Tuesday night down the village hall. You know the score. I've had a really bad day and I want cake. I deserve cake. I need cake. But if I eat this cake like I usually would, then Brenda's going to call me out in front of everyone when we get weighed in. We've all been there, right? Now, I'm not saying that the other way advocates you keeping on eating cake when you've had a bad day or you're stressed or you're upset. Of course not. In the other way, you get to learn a really simple alternative so that you have a choice. But currently, too many people don't have that choice. They regard themselves as emotional eaters and they either eat to soothe their emotions when they're not on a diet or when they're on a diet, they can just about resist doing things the usual way for a while but they haven't learnt another way to deal with their emotions. So those are the only two, two choices they have. And so, as soon as they're off the diet, the old habits around food return. Pass me the cake. And we all know where that ends up. And I know this so well, believe me, because that was me. So a huge part of the other way is looking at our habits around food. And not just not just kind of recognising where they've come from. You know, we all know what effect the eat everything on your plate message or the there, there, have some sweeties, make it feel better messages from when we were really little. We all know what effect they've had on us long term. No, recognising why we do the things we do is just the first step. What we need, what we really need are easy and real life practical things we can do to rewire our brains and change up the habits that aren't useful to us or aren't serving us well anymore, like eating cake when the boss has had a go at us, so that we can experience, I don't know, sadness or boredom or stress and know what to do with that without heading to the fridge on autopilot. And that's a big part of what The Other Way is all about. It gives us choices. 
So imagine emigrating to Sweden, but learning French to help you live there more easily. That's the equivalent of what we do when we go on a diet. Is it any wonder that we find it so difficult to stay at our goal once we've reached it? So imagine if I said, I want to run a marathon. I wake up one morning and I say, I want to run a marathon. I can run just about, but I'm not a runner. And the only thing I've run for in the past few years is the number 92 bus into Manchester. But I wake up one morning and I want to be a marathon runner. So I start doing the things. I buy the kit, I buy the shoes, I watch a few videos, and then I start the training. I learn and practice how to do the warm-up exercises and the cool-down exercises. And I put a plan in place to go out running, actual running, a few times a week for a few minutes at a time and then build it up. And at some point, there becomes what I call the tipping point. There becomes a point where I turn from, I'm starting to run, to I am a runner. And at that point, the tipping point, it just becomes part of your identity, part of who you are. And that's where the magic is. But it takes doing the things that you're going to do after you get there. And it takes practice, practice, practice. Because it's one thing knowing all this. You know, we all know what to eat to give us the results we want. But it's the practice that counts. So we can all read a book or watch a video on how to ride a bike or how to swim. But it's a different story when we get in that saddle or jump in the pool for the first time. You know, there's no substitute for getting right on in there and practising. Knowledge is power, but wisdom is in the practice. There you go. Another little nugget to keep up that part of my identity that is cliche woman. So when you know what to do and when you start practising the things that you know you want to do, there are three stages in any change process or habit building process that take you from just knowing what to do to it becoming just an easy and automatic part of who you are. But you actually have to practice to move through these stages. And the first stage is when we consciously have to make ourselves do the things. You know, it's not always really, really easy. It can feel a bit uncomfortable. It's not always really enjoyable, but we do them because we know it's a means to an end. So it's a bit like going out for a a training run for 20 minutes in the dark and the wet and the cold when all you want to do is sit down and watch the telly. We don't want to do it, but we make ourselves do that and we do that consciously. And somewhere along the way, we shimmy into the second stage. And that's where the things that we need to do are the things that we want to do. And this is where it gets easier and it gets more flowy. So at some stage along the way, we go from having to make ourselves do the things to actually, I still have to think about it consciously, but I want to do them. And then there's another magical third stage, which is where we automatically just do the things anyway. We wake up and we are a runner. 
We are managing our weight successfully. We're not having to think about it all the time. We're not having to consciously make ourselves do things. They're just things that we do. It's just a habit. Now, why would we want to do that with things you're not going to do or want to do or be able to do long term once you reach your goal? So why do we do things when we're losing weight that we're not going to do long term? Now, I could talk for hours about this and we do so much transformation work around this in the Other Way programme. But two main kind of takeaways I can give you today are these. First of all, choose to lose weight by doing the same things you're going to do after you've lost the weight. And we do that with transitional behavioural change, which is a posh way of saying what mini but mighty thing can I do for myself today that's just a little bit different, a little bit better than yesterday? And I don't mean any big dramatic calorie cutting, no meal plans, no diet plans, no need to change up your social life. Just little things that take you that little step closer to where you want to be. But make sure the things are the things you're going to do forever. And the second takeaway is don't overcomplicate it. And that's why in the other way, I keep it simple, I keep it easy, I keep it kind and I keep it effective. And if you lose weight in a kind way to yourself, doing the same things you're going to do after you've lost the weight, there's no kind of transition from being on a weight loss plan to maintaining at your happy weight whatever that means to you, whatever your happy weight is to you. And that was the cliff edge that so many people fell off when I was just selling a diet. So lots and lots of people could lose weight by following the plan. And the trouble was the plan was so far removed from their normal life that when they finished the diet, they returned back to normal. And that included being their normal weight that reflected how they normally ate. Now, I'm not throwing any shade or shame on people here. You know, they were being set up to fail, I believe, anyway. But that's the gorgeous advantage of doing this the other way. The other way is just one easy, flowy process. There's no weight loss phase, and then you stop that and have to learn how to maintain your weight loss when you're off the diet and when you've gone back to normal life. In the other way, there just is your normal life and you practice the things along the way. And if, if there's a little voice in your head right now saying, yeah, right, that sounds too good to be true, well, that's just normal. And what if I told you that it's the little voice in your head that's been keeping you stuck? That's its job. And it's our job to recognise that and calm it enough to change anyway. And that's all part of the other way as well. So, if you recognise yourself in any of what I've talked to today, I hope that this has given you some, some insight into why so many of us have lost and regained weight in the past. And I hope, I really hope that you can let go of some of the blame or the shame that you've perhaps been holding on to. And finally, I hope that I've given you possibility, possibility of another way. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to a fabulous three-day taster of The Other Way 
that's happening in my private Facebook community next week. So from the Monday the 3rd to Wednesday the 5th of April 2023. I'm going to pop a link to this experience in the show notes or you can just request to join the group on Facebook by searching for the group called Intuitive Eating the Other Way for Beginners. So Intuitive Eating the Other Way for Beginners. And if you're listening to this episode at a later date, hop on over to the group anyway. It's where I share tons of great tips. So I'd love to see you in the group. I'd love to share lots more with you. So until next time, love yourself lots. Yeah.